five years ago in a land I like to call La La Land, Hollywood. I was working as a bartender in a place called Loaded. And there's no irony to that place. Literally everybody was loaded all the time. I had just gone out of a pretty horrible relationship. It was my second night working um, in the back bar where all the bands were. I just got a new apartment with my best friend, feeling single and fresh and fantastic. Got my power back. Awesome. And in walks four cheeky Englishmen. And the hunkiest one of all of them stares right at me from across the room, and he beelines it right to the bar. And then he leans over the bar with his crystal blue eyes, and he says, kiss me. I mean, so like any practical woman, I leaned over the bar and <laughs> I kissed him. <laughs> and I turned instantly red because that was so out of character. Why was I doing that? Um, and then I looked around really quickly because where's my boss? <laughs> you know. Uh, so then we started talking for a few and then he said he was going to go. Down to a bar. If I wanted to meet up with him, come see me. And uh, he was from England, so we didn't have any text. You know, I had to go and see him. So I instantly call my best friend, and I tell him, get down here instantly. I need to tell you a story. So he comes down. I tell him. He's like, yes, we're going. Get off of work early. Okay, all right, okay. And there we go. Uh, <laughs> and um, when we walk in, there he is. Walk up to the bar and... He kisses me again, <laughs> and my friend's freaking out, like, what is this? What, what is the situation? And, uh, well, that led to about a four-day kind of uh, wild romance, uh, holly, holiday romance, and um, he, he was younger than me. He was, like, four years younger than me, so I didn't really think much of it. I was just like, oh, this is a fling. I'm newly single. This is cute. I have my confidence back. Great. Um, and then he left, you know, went back to England. And I, and I didn't think anything of it, you know. I thought, okay, that was cute, that was fun. And he, he just would not stop writing to me <laughs> for a year. And um, I, we were dating other people, too, so I don't know about that, you know. Um, but uh, he, he kept in contact, and all of a sudden I got a phone call. And he said, I'm coming back to L.A., my friend's getting married out there. I'll be back in a couple months, and I would like you to pick me up at the airport. So the day came, and I went and got my makeup done and my hair done, because that's how I always look. And, <laughs> and I showed up to the um, you know, airport with my girl, one of my girlfriends, and uh, he comes off customs, you know, where they walk through. And oh my God. <laughs> He became a man. I mean, I even think he got taller. Like, I, I have no idea. He was muscular and beautiful, and I, and I just, like, my heart dropped to my stomach, and once again came up and kissed me. <laughs> and um, right then and there, I realized, like, okay, we, <laughs> there might be something here. Maybe he's not the little boy that I kind of thought it was just a fling. And um, we were attached at the hip uh, for a couple weeks, Attached to the hip, uh, we did a bunch of stuff together, but the one, one thing I really remember is we went up to Santa Barbara, and we were a little hungover because he was at the wedding, and we were laying on the beach, no blanket, just sand, 
you know, and any other way I would have been disgusted by the, you know, the sand and all of it. Instead, I'm there hugging him, cuddling him, kissing him. The sun is setting. I'm like, am I in a Daniel Steele novel? Like, <laughs> what is this? And it was an out-of-body experience. Like, this is too romantic. I might faint. But there was something comfortable about it and lovely. And I, and, and I, was, I was into it. And then he had to leave. And so I went to the airport, and I dropped him off, and, you know, it was goodbyes and hellos. Um, just goodbyes. Um, and, um, and I go back to my car, and I turn it on to drive away, and the song that we had been listening to, it was during the summer, it was the Wiz Khalif Charlie Puth song that was We'll See You Again. And we had continuously listened to that, that so that was our song. And it came on and instant tears. Full body, like dry heaving. And I realized in that moment that I needed him. And that was absolutely terrifying. Because up until that point in my life, people that I really needed or really loved had died or had left. And all I could think of is that this is not good. Because this person could die. Or this person could leave. So he started to sabotage it. Um, and uh, I started writing some nasty text messages and phone calls like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work out. Especially when things were going really, really well. So, of course, I would, you know, tell him everything is terrible when those were happening because, you know, protecting myself. And, um, but anyway, I decided to still go back. Went back to England, and he um, <laughs> took me, once again, <laughs> Daniel Still novel, <laughs> romance, right? I'm an actress and I'm a poet, so he takes me to William Shakespeare's birthplace, and he decides to rent a boat, and it's a rowboat, and there's swans, and I'm like, this is the English notebook. I mean, everything about it was just like, I can paint, and it's just so crazy. And um, you would think that that closeness would make everything better, but it didn't exasperate the farness away because, you know, being that far away, 6,000 miles, you're waking up and he's going to sleep. So there's no common ground. There's always an unbalance. I'm starting my day, you're here. So being there, it was still wonderful, but it started to really want to, you know, sabotage. And... Um, Finally, it was New Year's Eve, and we went to Edinburgh, Scotland, to the castle for a ball, because that's what people do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, he looked like he had just walked off the Titanic with his, like, three-piece suit, and I was in this gown, and it was lace and all black, and I was, like, dressed to the nines, and it, it was supposed to be this most romantic thing ever, right? You know, we're, we're, we're royalty. You know, we're in love. We're royalty. There's everything that you need. And, they, and they're having the toast to the haggis, and the, the, the pipes are going. And at the time, I was a vegetarian, and the toast to the haggis is sheep stomach, and they are going around feeding it to everybody. So right there, I should have known something was going to go wrong that night. Um, 
And so then they start to dance. They start to dance. Everybody's doing, the bagpipes are everywhere, you know, and everyone's dancing around this huge circle and this ball and, 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 and they're holding hands and everybody goes into the middle of the circle, right, to dance by themselves and like, ah. and uh, too much to drink. And then um, I decide to go out there. And I go out and I dance and I'm dancing and then all of a sudden I see him outside the circle. Talking to a guy outside the circle and all of a sudden the whole thing started to, uh, it seemed like a movie. You know when it goes to slow motion and, and, and it's just the two people and everything else is happening around them but you're just zoned in and, and I zoned in and he zoned in and I realized it was metaphorical. That here I was in the center of this circle, the center of my world, and there he is, just right out of reach, but outside of my world. And there was an understanding there, um, slight understanding, that this was it. It was enough. We couldn't do this anymore. And some words were said, and... um, I had to go to the airport and once again leave. And I remember sitting on the airplane and I remember saying, you know, to myself, you know, there was always these, you know, extra things that had happened to me, you know, things outside of my control that um, I was so scared of, but this time it was internal that I had sabotaged a lot of this because I was so afraid to be loved. I was so afraid of that. And so I cried a lot, and then the stewardess came up and put me in business class. <laughs> they tried to get me away from all the rest of the people because I was a mess. And um, I, I um, just had that reality and that notion of, like, I needed to stop that. I needed to stop that self-sabotage. So it took this last two years, and I found myself, and I found self-love, and... I decided, you know, it's about being able to be loved and allowing yourself that because you know what? People are going to die. People are going to leave. But if you're the one sabotaging that, if you're the one leaving them before they can actually make an effect on you, then what are you doing? Why are you even living? And I made that decision this New Year's Eve, and I felt like that whole weight off of me. You know, I was writing, I was doing poetry, I did a film about, actually, um, the relationship, and I just did a lot of self-reflection. And right when that changed, he contacted me again. (laughs) And he actually just flew out on Valentine's Day from England. And we are giving it another go now that there's no sabotage. And I actually had to change the story, literally. <laughs> we did rehearsal and I was like, okay. But uh, <laughs> there's a shift here. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I feel good. There's a different, different me and it's about me this time. Not about needing him, but it's about wanting myself. And uh, self-love. So.